Good morning, good morning. I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Uh, this has been a, a week of Mondays on a Sunday, okay? We've had, we've had the AC go out. We've had um, some people that we've um, got my, parent, my mom taking uh, some folks to the doctor. Uh, we've got people out on vacation, which that's, that's a praise God. Just go take a vacation. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, God is so good because, you know, I look at, we're in our sanctuary and we were setting up for a fellowship. We're having a hot dog, you know, fellowship. And one of the, one of the great things about this hot dog fellowship was that, you know, it was going to be just easy, right? <laughs> I mean, it was just going to be easy. Well, you know, you start taking people away. I was like, maybe we should just postpone the hot dog fellowship. But it's, you know, God is so good in every situation in our lives. He is so good. When, when we have issues in our life, you know that sometimes you just want to get angry, right? I mean, hey, your air conditioner went out. That's an angry moment, right? I mean, you, you think to yourself, especially when it's 100 degrees outside, I need to get angry. Well, you know, this happened to us last year at my house. This is when we were actually having church at the house. And, you know, we just, I just had a peace. You know, this week we come in here, we're, we're trying to dump water as much as we can on these plants out here. So Heather was like, we got to go by there and do that. Thank God we did because I come in here and I saw that the, the AC unit was out. Do you know that the moment that I know that the AC was out, you know, years ago, I would have said, that is the worst thing ever. I'd have been flipping out. I'd have been like, well, I guess we're just going to have to pack it up. We're not going to be able to do the hot dog fellowship. We're not going to do this. Heather actually told me that, that she said, she said that would have been a response I would have had. This is too hard. Let's not do the hot dog fellowship. Do you know that the more that I'm just putting my, trust in the Lord you know what this is going to be a story that we're going to tell one day <laughs> do you know that if you look at the things that go wrong or you didn't get right or there was something look at it as a story that you're going to tell someone in the future there's going to be a, a day where I'm going to be standing up in front of lots of people and I'll be like yeah we had you know 15 people in a room uh, you know, and we had hot dogs on one side, which are, by the way, cooking in the back. I thought that was kind of, and you can smell the hot dogs cooking. And you got people out here and I'm preaching. You know that, that that's the part of our identity in Christ, that God wants us to know that he's walking with us. And if you just had everything perfect in life, you'd never have a story. I want you to think about that for just a second. If everything went perfect in life, you'd have nothing to talk about because we got plenty of things that we're, that we're dredging up from the Internet and from everything else. So I'm going to start out talking about this, and I don't know, we may, be, we're, we may not be done with the Love of God series yet. I've, this one the Lord put on my heart this week. I was like, I've got to do this one, you know, Love conquers all. You know that love conquers all? You got to have something to conquer sometimes in order for love to conquer it. You just don't, you know, I remember playing video games when I was a kid and you would turn the, the level down all the way to easy and you'd beat, you know, I used to love NCAA football on, on the Xbox. And I would play that game and I would beat teams. I would beat Auburn. I'd beat I'd be Alabama, and I would beat Auburn 160 to nothing. And I thought to myself, that's the greatest thing ever. Well, you know, as a, as a kid, that's great. But when I started getting older, I started going, there's no challenge to what I'm doing. And if there's no challenge to what I'm doing, there's no risk. And if there's no risk, then I can't win or lose. And I can't conquer anything. You know that in my life, I had ADD and dyslexia when I was a kid, and I didn't have much of a future vision inside of my heart. I didn't. And so 
you know, I got a hold of I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. It became my banner. I went, within six months, I went from going, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life, to I'm going to be a computer engineer. Eleven years later, I actually got a degree from the University of Alabama, Birmingham, in computer engineering. Okay? Now, I worked for the power company doing engineering. I, worked and did, I went and did all kinds of stuff for different entities all over the, the southeast, all over the United States. Do you know that I conquered the ADD and dyslexia by doing all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me? Does that mean that it was easy? Absolutely not. How many people want to go to college for 11 years? I mean, when somebody says, well, you got a college education. It took me 11 years. I should be a doctor. <laughs> I mean, think about this. I should be working on your, on your bodies, not on your minds right now. And then, then fast forward just a few years later, and I go to Bible college. You know, the Lord constantly puts in my heart that we that his love in my life and the identity that he has grown inside of me conquers all. You know, I've been conquering all for the last 25 years. Because it was a little over 25 years ago that I got a hold of this revelation. I got engaged to my wife. We'll, we'll be married 25 years come the end of August. You know, that is... I can't even fathom 25 years. Like, I still think I'm 20. I mean, that's, in my mind, I walk around going, that wasn't 25 years ago. Well, I got a 20-year-old in the back. And I'm going, well, that would have been real awkward. Or, you know, I've got to, I, in my own mind, have a, an idealism about what my world looks like and about what, Things look like in my world. And you know, sometimes because of that, I don't want to conquer certain things because I don't even know they're there. I, I know that this is going to be, this may be new to most of y'all, but do you know that sometimes you think I've got more future in front of me to be able to handle those other things, the things I don't want to deal with? The things God is putting on my heart. Oh, I got time. Oh, I've got time. Do you know that you don't have time? Because you will blink good and 20 more years will go by. You will blink good and I will have grandkids. You will blink good and the things that are on your heart that God has put there will not be able to be done. Because you didn't do it when he put it on your heart. See, love conquers all. But sometimes we go, I don't know if I want to fight that fight. And see, I want you to understand that God himself has so many awesome opportunities for you guys. He's got so many opportunities for the people who are listening to our podcast. He wants this world to be changed forever. For his son's glory. Do you know that Jesus' glory, it brings about glory in other people's lives. See, we think that it's all about worshiping Jesus. But the thing is, is the more I glorify Jesus, the more I show him the things that are going on in my life, there's people out there that are in a dying world that need that change. We need to glorify Jesus in this world. Because Jesus himself is the only answer that we have. Maybe thinking, Dusty, that was a long intro. Well, yeah, it was. Because love cannot conquer anything that we don't fight for. That's a truth, whether you like it or not. Sometimes we've decided not to fight. And I want you to understand this through this message, that Paul himself was trying to get to to the outward world because they were being persecuted. And see, you may think, oh, we're winning. I know we just had the, the gun control law that 
that got knocked down, we, uh, or the gun control law that got passed, but now there's like a, another Supreme Court thing that happened. Uh, abortion, Roe v. Wade got overturned. Amen. Amen. But let me just tell you this. You don't think that they're not going to keep fighting. Do you know that the more we fight, the more they fight? You know, the world is wanting to hold back God's truth in His church. You know, one of the things about conquering all is that sometimes we've got to get to the point to where we understand that we are being persecuted. Whether you want to think it or not, I'm going to shift into this one thing. I watch a lot of YouTube videos about different church things, people who, who do uh, ministry, especially to young people. Do you know that the ministry and the gospel of Jesus Christ is being decimated by an idealism of like? And it, it hurts my heart because... They want to be liked by the Justin Biebers. They want to be liked by, the, by all of Hollywood. And see, what happens is, is that when we take a church and we take the truth of God's word, then what we do is we become passive towards things that God wants us to do in this earth. You know, the Roe v. Wade thing, and I wasn't going to mention this, but I guess I will now. Um... I was shocked at how many people, and people weren't gloating. I didn't see any gloating. It was just, praise God, hey, this has been overturned. Hey, by the way, there will be more abortions that are probably going to happen because of this. Everybody's going to go to California, New York, or Illinois, and they're going to go have their abortions. And the employer is probably going to pay for it. Eh, I'm, I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that some, some of that might get knocked down too. But that's a fight, right? we got to conquer. But let me just say this. In, it went back to the states. Just because you don't have a federal thing that says that it's, it's legal everywhere doesn't mean that the fight's not over. And I was watching people on Facebook and they were doing these things. And there was ministers that were coming out against people and saying, you're gloating, this is hurting my ministry. And I'm sitting there going, how is this hurting your ministry? Your ministry should be the ministry of Jesus Christ. It should not be the ministry of allowing abortion. Now, I'm going to sit here and, and tell you that I do believe that if you've been running a church where you've been saying that, these things are okay, that it's going to be decimating to, to your ministry. And thank God. I hope it fails. I hope those churches fall to the ground that they find themselves in complete and total desolation. Because it is not the truth. And just because the, the, the Hollywood elite want to have that, I don't care. I'm not trying to get somebody to come in here because they're rich or because they're famous or because whatever. I'm wanting people to come in here because they want to be here. They want what we've got to offer. They want to be a part of a family. And, and you know, this is, a, this is an awesome time for the body of Christ. I'm, I'm lifting everybody up here. Believe me, this is not a tearing down, Okay. <laughs> Because this is an awesome time in the body of Christ. We get to go and talk to people about the true love of God. That patience is kindness. We need to have patience with the world so that we can tell them because they're not always going to be patient with us. And see, love conquering all means that sometimes we're going to have persecution it's happening. It's been happening for a long time. But our persecution versus the persecution that happened, you know, 60 years after Jesus went on to be with the Lord, when he went to heaven. See, that was a persecution that we've not seen in Mahaho. We don't see it. But that was what was happening in the church. 
I'm going to start us out. I'm not really sure what's happening here. Can you click the slide? Ah, there we go. Amen. We're having technical difficulties for those that are listening on the podcast. I'm going to start us out in Romans 8 because Romans chapters 5, 6, and 7 is going through talking about the persecution of the church. It's talking about, you know, the love of God. It's talking about the law. It's talking about because the the Christian church was being persecuted on both sides. They were being persecuted by the Jewish people because the Jewish people said, hey, y'all are heretics. And then you go into the world, which was in Rome and places like that, they had thousands of gods and see these gods they were you know they were like hey we'll add more to our to our plate but when you started saying those gods are are fake and there is only one true god oh that started a a political uprising rising i mean john himself was put on the isle of patmos do you know that the isle of patmos was was for dissenters and political opponents you would actually get arrested if you went against Caesar and they would put you out on the Isle of Patmos which is this rock where that you would mine stuff every day but see they treated John as a political dissenter that was how close religion and politics was it's not so much different than today you know that atheism is just another form of religion. I, I'm sorry, but you know, you have a belief system. You have a bunch of people that come together. They all believe the same thing. It's a religion. Okay. See, this is the problem: is that the church doesn't see it that way. And so, when we go to conquer all through love, we think of them as well. They're the they're agnostic or they don't have a belief. They have a belief. We're fighting against a belief. It's the opposite belief of Jesus. But see, what we have to understand is that we're going to have pressure from the church. We're having pressure from the church. There are denominations down the road here that will tell us that we're heretics there's a reason why we have, you know, a hundred different denominations that are out there. It's because they can't get along. The church is more divided than the world is. The world is together. They, they think alike. They're teaching our kids that, that we have evolution. Do you know that one of the problems that we have in the body of Christ is that because we won't stay together... And we won't fight together. Is that we have to factionalize this. And we find the nitpicky little stuff. Oh, well, y'all believe in that tongue stuff. Oh, y'all don't believe in that tongue stuff. And, you know, oh, well, y'all are heretics because you did this. And you didn't do that. You didn't take communion the way that we take communion. You don't drink wine with your communion. You don't. You drink wine with your communion, you bunch of drunks. I mean, that's the way that it ends up happening in our world. And I mean the Christian world. You know, I used to work with all kinds of Catholic people. And you know what? We agreed on 99% of the things. The one thing that got me in fights was that when I took communion, I didn't believe I was eating actual Jesus' body. I had the longest thing, the longest conversation I think I've ever had with another believer in Jesus Christ was about that. And that's what separated us. You know, doctrine about the, the things that matter is that Jesus was the Son of God. He died for our sins and He was crucified to give us the promises of God and to create the new covenant and that now we can be born again into the Father's house.
That's, that's it. As long as we all believe in, in those realms, we can have different, you know, hunorinic, uh, I can't even say the word, but we can have these different ideas about what that looks like. But all the other little stuff, we shouldn't be fighting each other over. See, this was the reason why Paul wrote books like Romans is because he was creating the opportunity for the elect, those that had chosen to, to cast their ballot for Jesus, he wanted them to understand things like Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 36. In fact, I'm going to read that right now. Romans 8, 31, it says, What then shall we say of these things if God is for us who can be against us? That should be a banner for everybody, by the way. If God is for us, then who shall be against us? It's, this is actually, I want you guys to think about this like, like there's somebody, you know, have you ever seen the old you know, snap? You know, hey, I've got some attitude behind it. You know, this is what we need to be thinking. If God is for us, who are you? You know, Andrew Womack, guy that did the Bible college that I went to, he had a guy, he walked out of a, a he walked out of this meeting he had, this guy comes up to him and says, you've been teaching, you taught this certain subject, and I can't remember what it was offhand, and he goes, I think you're wrong. And he goes, who are you? And why in the world should I care? And the guy goes, you don't, you don't care about me? And he goes, who are you? You came to my meeting. I didn't come to your meeting. Do you know that this is what we should be doing? When the, when the world comes at us, when Satan comes at us, when a circumstance comes at us, this is one of the scriptures that I go to. If God be for me, who gives a rip? Who else is against me? See, I need some attitude behind it. Who are you? What does your opinion matter? My opinion matters from the Word of God. See, that's what Andrew Womack said. He goes, if you don't line up with the Word of God, I don't care who you are. And that's what he said. He goes, so you're Jesus. Are you Paul? Who are you? You know that you know, I, I think about these things because I don't, want, I don't want to teach my kids, I don't want the next generation to go through this thing of mind, of groupthink. It's happening. It's, I've got to look, it, it's, we called it peer pressure back in my day, but it's gone beyond peer pressure. They don't even, it's not even pressure anymore. It's just, okay, what do you believe? I, I, I just need to know how to write it down. I mean, that's why we've, we've got all the things where people walk up and say, what is your pronouns? There's people that walk up and go, my, pro, my pronouns are his, him, uh, and all this other stuff. And you're going, uh, why did you just tell me that? I mean, this is, this is the societal group thing that ends up happening is the fact that it's not even, it's not even thought about that I should be my own self. It's not even thought about that I should that I should have a relationship with you that's based on mutual respect. Trust. You know, trust is earned. So the moment somebody walks up to me and says, Well, you should treat me the way I want to be treated. Well, why should I trust you? Who are you? And why do I have to bow down to you? See, I want you to understand that you may be thinking, well, that's not love, Dusty. That, that's not love. No, 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 that's love. Because I don't want somebody abusing me. I should love myself so that I can love others as I love myself. That was a, a commandment from Jesus, actually, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. 
well, you know what? The more I get abused, the more I don't love myself. And the more I don't love myself, I start loving everybody exactly the way that I see myself. And then guess what? By the time it gets to the end of it, there's only a, a certain amount of people that I can agree with. There's a reason why people are going and shooting up churches and, and, and schools and all these other things. It's because they continued to get abused and they were alienated. And their alienation says, I want to go out and I want to make a mark. I can't do it because I don't love myself and I can't put love back out into the world. So all I have is hatred for myself. So I will hate on others and that's what I'm going to show to the world. And some of theirs, they've just completely blown it out of the water. They've got it to where they're going and killing people. See, this is what we have to understand is that if God is for us, then who can be against us? If we don't have God for us, and we don't believe that He's for us, then everybody's against us. If you believe that everybody's against you, it's because you hadn't been meditating on who you are in Christ Jesus enough. I'm just telling you the truth. I know this seems hard. I feel like I went hard. Did I go hard, guys? I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to find my way to get back, okay? I, there's more to this. It has to do with love. But I feel like there's a point we've we got to stand our ground and say, No, I believe in love, and I'm going to stand for the right thing. If we don't stand for the right things, we won't stand for anything. Maybe I'm a little too fiery this morning. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the compressor going out did actually affect me. Okay, we'll just see, okay? <clears throat> Verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son but delivered him uh, up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I got news for you guys. These are promises. We need to go and read Romans 8, 31 through 36 on a given periodicity because we need to understand that Jesus was given up because God wanted to give us all things. How does he give us all things? He's got to give us inheritance. You know, in my family... My dad's in the back, you know, and, you know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that my dad has an inheritance for me. I mean, it's at least some hot dogs. We've got them in the back back here, okay? But I will tell you this. I know what my name means. And if I know what my name means, that it means that everything that is his will be mine, right? And everything that is mine will be my family's. And it continues generation after generation after generation after generation. That's the way God designed this to be. And see, what, what's happened is, is that God said, I didn't do it any differently for me and you. Jesus was the, was the contract for your adoption. See, if Jesus was the contract for your adoption then that means you're in the family. It means you have inheritance. That means that you have all things that is giving to us freely. There should be some shouting, amen, and we should be, hallelujah, I got some stuff. Amen. amen. Because Jesus himself said, hey, I came because of the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What kind of life is that? Well, it's just like I'm a Cornelius. I walked through life. I was like, hey, I got the life of a Cornelius person. Well, you know what? After I got saved, I got the life of a Christian. I got the Christ life. Now I have inheritance. There's, there's promises. And it's not something that I'm waiting until somebody dies or, or there's some other thing. God's freely given this to us now. Our inheritance is not for a appointed time. That happened at the cross. The cross was when they signed the deal. The deal was signed in his blood. 
Do you know that every single time I walk in life, I'm not just going, well, I've got nothing. I've got, you know, I've just got my own self. No, I'm, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33. You know why? Because it, he says in there that Solomon was arrayed in all these colors, all these clothes. And look at what God has done for the birds of the air. That he's adorned them even greater than Solomon. See, God has a purpose and a plan. And he's wanting to give you that purpose and plan. Verse 33 of Romans 8, it says, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who are they? Who gives a flying flip? I want everybody to say that. Say, who gives a flying flip? It's the next time somebody comes to you and says, well, I just want to tell you how bad you are. What are y'all going to say? Who gives a flying flip? Do you know that this is the thing? God's elect, it's all of you that's accepted Jesus Christ. They can't even bring a charge against you. Because they don't have the authority, especially when it comes to our spiritual life. Now, can we be persecuted in our flesh? Absolutely. It happens all the time. I mean, the moment a law is brought into pass. Look, guys, I work for the power company. I've got more regulations than I can shake a stick at. It is hard to do my job. Do you know that every single time a new law gets passed or we get some weirdo that wants to add another you know, set of standards to, to us that it makes your power bill go up. You are being persecuted. And it's not just the power company. It's the water company. It's the everything. EPA is, your water is high, especially if you don't have a septic tank, if you are connected to the sewer. It's because the government... See, persecution is not just, well, Jesus, you know, you're, you're a Jesus believer and I'm going to be upset at you. No, the flesh, they're coming after everybody. They want to take a pound of flesh out of everyone. And you know what? We can overcome because you know what? I don't live in this economy alone. I live in God's economy. You know, God is constantly, constantly bringing about opportunities for me to make more money. I've never seen anything like it. You know, that God, God was actually telling me to take on some, some opportunities at work a while back. I did it. It was hard. And at the end of it, I just thought I was going to get nothing. You know, they gave me 1500 bucks, And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. And I paid bills. <laughs> You know what? Right now, with inflation, God's going to give you opportunities. You're going to make it through all this. When everybody else is going down, you're going to go up. I'm, I'm making a promise to you. If you believe in God, when everybody else is going down, you're going to go up. Because he's going to give you opportunities. Will you want all of those opportunities? Sometimes no. But if God's telling you to do it, do it because it has your benefit on the other side. All right, I gotta, I gotta preach this, and I can't preach that. Okay. So anyway, verse thirty-four says, "Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died, and furthermore also risen? Who is even the right hand of God? Or, I'm sorry, I got all. I'm gonna back up here. Okay. It says, "Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen?" who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations, distress, a blown AC, a persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? I did add that blown AC in there. So it, it's in the Greek. But anyway, it was Greek to me when it blew up. I'll tell you that. Verse 36 and says, it is written, for your sake, we shall be killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. You know, I used to read this and go, God, that's not a promise. 
That's not a promise, God. And he goes, you know, there's a little thing that's beside this that it's, it's an actual quotation from Psalms. So I put the actual quotation from Psalms 44. Verse 22 is the actual verse that he uses. By the way, you want to you know how to read the Bible? If you find anything that came from Psalms or came from Isaiah or came from anything that is written in the New Testament, go read the chapter before it, the chapter that it's in, and the chapter after it and get a context of what it was about. You know why? Because the Jewish people were actually smarter than we were. You could mention one verse in one book and they knew it. If they had went to school, that's what they were taught. They weren't taught mathematics and all this other stuff. They weren't taught how to, you know, home ec or whatever. They were taught the, the first five books of the Bible and the major prophets. So when somebody, and you read in the Bible, or somebody quotes something and it has this verse, go back and read it because you need to know the context of it. Because the context of this was actually to lift them up. It was actually to bring them to a greater place. But, but I mean, if you just read it out loud and you have no idea what, what Psalms 44 says, you think, man, I am destined to be killed. I'm destined to be downtrodden. I'm destined to be all these things. Well, let's read what Psalms, and I started a couple of verses ahead. Psalms 44.20 says, If we had forgotten the name of the Lord our God, or stretched out our hands to a foreign God. Oh, okay, so this context means that if I'm out of the will of God, so he's talking about the world. He's actually talking about that the world is destined for these things. Now, it says in verse 21, Would not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake, we are all killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. What is this about? This is about God providing the sacrifice. See, Psalms 44 is about the sacrifice. See, Jesus was our sacrifice. And he was slaughtered. And he was killed all day long on that day. See, what I want you to understand is that Jesus went before us to take on every single thing that we have to deal with. You know, when he was on the cross, he took on all of our pain and our suffering. He knew He knew every single thing that we were going to go through it was laid upon him on the cross see what I want you to understand is that when we're being persecuted Jesus was persecuted when we're being downtrodden Jesus was downtrodden and guess who we can turn to when these things are happening we turn back to daddy because daddy now knows through Jesus hey this is what it's like See, he's not a high priest that was far from us. He actually had all manners of disease and all manners of everything that could come upon us. See, Jesus himself went through this so that he would know how to guide us out of it. That's the beauty of who we are in Christ Jesus. Christ who died and furthermore also risen. So Romans 8, 37, we're just going to keep talking about this. Yeah, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you know what more than conquerors mean in the Greek? It means to gain a surpassing victory. It means that, and I got this little thing, the dude is, and I did this when I was 20, okay? He's got ant beds. You know, have you ever had an ant bed in your, in your front yard and you poured gasoline down in there? Well, you know, the gasoline will actually do the trick, right? But let's be more than conquerors, okay? This dude blows his whole backyard up with a, with a match. Boom! You know, being more than a conqueror means that it's been overdone. 
It means your victory has been overdone. It means God has taken your victory beyond just killing the enemy. There is nothing left. He's putting you on the other side. You just blew up the whole backyard to kill five ants. That's how much we have overcome in victory. See, that's the beauty of how we overcome and we conquer the things that are going on in our world is the fact that we don't know it yet, but it's completely decimated. You know, if we just went back to the Word and the AC blows up, if we just went, you've overcome, so I've overcome. You know how much more, you know, Worry would be gone. You know, I, I, I still remember those days when I would sit there and I would worry all night and all day and all night and all day and all night and all day. You know, you'd have people that would, that would mess with you or have a problem at work and you thought it was going to be really bad and it happened on a Monday and you weren't going to see them until the next Monday. So, you know, Monday, the rest of the day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you were so locked in and so focused on that thing that you couldn't even see, hey, I went to church. I don't even remember it. All I remember, I can remember some of those times. I remember the times. But I don't remember what happened during those weeks. Have you ever been so locked in you don't even remember what happened to you in the week? You just thought so much about the problem? How many times during that, I mean, everybody that has kind of shook their head Y'all are still here, right? I mean, are y'all just ghosts of yourself? Like, that one thing just killed y'all off, and, and I'm just seeing apparitions. Because most of the time, we sit there and go, oh, it's going to be so bad, it's just going to completely decimate me. You know, after you went through it, and you spent all that time worrying, God was already setting aside time, people, resources, and it was done. You, you get to the next Monday and you deal with that person again and they didn't even remember it. The only one that was written space in your head was you. And you took it all up. Do you know that being more than a conqueror means that eh, God's going to blow it up. God's going to do it. Now, I'm not saying that you don't do stuff, okay? All right? I mean, let's, let's be honest. I hear that all the time. Well, God's got me. What are you going to do in the meantime? What did you talk to the Lord about? You know what? We do need to go and say, Lord, what do I need to do about this? Usually, God goes, won't you go apologize to someone? <laughs> I, I'm just being honest. And then I spend four days going, I don't want to apologize to them. But you know, the moment that I do, it's just gone. Smooth sailing. We get to the point to where there is no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Well, there was no more condemnation from, from Jesus himself. It was all us. Now, there's some bad things that happen to a lot of good people. I just want you to understand, God's already working to completely more than overcome your situation. He's giving you the extra on that. In Romans 8, 38, man, a lot of people probably love this scripture. They, they go through all this and they say, man, I love it. A lot of people think that some of these things have to do with spiritual things when you probably apply them to it as well. But... There's a lot of this because the people were being persecuted by governments. They were being persecuted by religious uh, organizations. They had all kinds of things that were going on during this time frame. Sort of like what we have today. And it says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities, which this word principalities just means governments or rulers, nor powers, Basically, the Greek just says that it's people who have more power than you. I actually put a thing down here. It says those that are physically stronger, 
or also financially stronger than you. You know that the government is physically stronger than you. They've got the armies. They've got, the, they've got all the, the finances to be able to come and crush every single person. Do you know that, that in our society right now, it's just little bitty churches. It's, it's just individuals like me and you that are going and fighting these fights all the way up to the Supreme Court. God's putting leaders in places like the Supreme Court to be able to help, to balance out the injustices. See, we have to understand that we may see that there are clowns running their own circus in our federal government. But do you know that there's other people, amen? <laughs> there's other people, though, that have been put in place by God to help say, you know what? Get the line tamers out of here. I don't want that anymore. Because it doesn't line up with the true constitutional laws. Well, I'll just tell you straight up, in your own life, you're fighting against governments, you're fighting against people who are stronger than you, you're also fighting against things, I know back in 1996, 1997, I was going into technology, there were people that were fighting against the technology. You know why? Because it was going to do away with their pencil pushing job. And I thought to myself, I'm young, this is great, it's awesome. Well, you know, 25 26 years later, I walk into work and we start talking about concepts that I've never heard of. They're, they're taking my technology days back then and they're challenging me. You know that God says you can, you're up for the challenge. And everything that you need to do, you're up for the challenge. Well, I don't want to do that. It doesn't matter what you want. Who are you <laughs> when God says you can do it? You know, sometimes I have to look at myself and say, who are you for saying you're not going to do something God has told you you're going to do? See, that's not the way this thing works. When daddy comes down and says you're going to go do something, what happens? You go do it. You know, Caleb, today I was sitting there and both garbage cans were full in the house. And I walked up and I said, hey, get the garbage together. He said, yes, sir. They got the garbage together. Do you know that, that we're not living in, in a uh, democracy with God? We're, we're, not, we're not sitting there going, I check my box of yes or no, whether or not I'm going to do this. We either check the yes box and we move with him, or we check no box at all and we sit there, and then now it's like, now I'm having to deal with it. And that's worse. It's worse. Because if you won't go in the direction that God's got for you, then you're just going to be stuck in one spot. See, what I want you to understand is that you, the things that you think are out of control for you, God says, it is, it is in my control and I will work with you. If it's, if it's robots, you know, eventually if this little dog robot thing right here starts delivering mail, there's something else, Myra. I'm telling you, you may be working on the robot. But see, those are the things that I want you to understand is that you, you may be thinking there's things out of my control. I can't do them. Well, God's saying, hey, nor things present or to come are going to take away your life. And I'm going to end right here with this. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. There's not anything. And I just re read all of these. Yet in all these things, in verse 37, that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities which are governments and rulers nor powers, those that are more powerful than you, powerful than you, nor things present or things to come. Verse 39 says, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created. I want you to understand, there's going to be plenty of things that laws, there's going to be 
standards, there's going to be policies, there's going to be things that are going to be created that you're going to go, how do we overcome these things? And it says, those things, even if they came to us and said, you know what, you no longer can preach the word of God. You know, in Canada, they take out Romans chapter 1. You know why they take out Romans chapter 1? Because it's, it talks for just a second. I'm talking about one scripture about homosexuality. How it being that, that he gave them up to it. It means that he let them be in their debauchery. Well, they, they completely went and killed Romans chapter 1 and I think Romans chapter 2. You can't preach them in Canada without going to jail. Well, guess what? That's a law. But it says right here that if they start taking away the word, I'm going to still read the word. Even if I go to jail. I'm going to still preach the word even if I go to jail. But it's not going to separate me from the love of God. See, that's what the devil does is he tries to physically separate you from God. But see, God lives right here on the inside of us. They could put me in the deepest hole that you could ever find and God's still going to be right here. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. In fact, in fact, I love it because the Pharisees asked Jesus in Luke chapter 17. He said, he said when's the kingdom of God coming? Since you know all these things. It was, it was not a, hey, I'm going to ask you this nice little question. It was, oh, you think you know so much. Well, then tell us when the kingdom of God's coming. And he goes, the kingdom of God is not without. It's not something that we look at on the outside. It is within. But see, God himself is constantly telling us, if we just listen, take the time, then we can actually not be separated from the love of God. Turn this off. Turn this, this noggin off. You know what? The moment you start realizing, I don't remember anything that happened for the last hour, that means this right here was constantly going. And it was constantly telling you, you were on autopilot out here. I don't remember anything that was out here. What was I thinking about? Oh, I was thinking about that bad thing that happened. About that fight I had with my daughter or that fight I had with my husband or my wife or, or whatever it is. And the next thing you know is that you're going... Man, that just owned me. See, God says, don't let it separate you. Focus more on the love of God and the love of God for those that are around you and the love of God that he has for you. And then all of those things, all of those things you can conquer. You can conquer them because he is, he's, poured the, he's poured the gas on there. We were actually talking about this last night. My dad told me when I was, you know, I was like 17 years old, 18 years old. My cousins lived with us at the time. And my dad said, hey, there's this big shed, has all this wood out in the back. And he goes, he goes, I want, I want, he told all of us, he got us together and he said, hey, take the truck, get rid of that shed, get rid of all the wood. I've also have a lazy boy recliner that I want gone. And so we were sitting there and it was like, okay, dad. You know, he goes to work. And my cousin Chris, he was the leader, okay? My cousin Chris turns as dad goes, gets in his car and he says, this is what we're going to do today. There's five five-gallon gas cans downstairs, okay? We're going to go up to the Zippy Mart up here. We're going to fill them all the way up. We're going to bring them back here. We're going to take everything and we're going to tear it down. We're going to take the lazy boy and we're going to put it in the middle and we're going to put five gallons of gas on that. Then we're going to take all this wood and we're going to put five gallons of gas on that. And then we're going to take some more wood and we're going to put five gallons of gas on that. And then we're going to take some more wood we're going to take five gallons of gas and put it on that. And then all the walls, we're going to put five gallons of gas on that and pour a long strip and we're going to light it. 25 gallons of gas, it was probably... You know, like, you know, like a pound of dynamite or something. I mean, it was, it was ferocious. Let's just say I've never felt a shockwave like it. 
we hit it, all the wood goes in the air. I mean, it, in fact, Dad was kidding because if you've, if you've ever watched the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, at the very end, you know, Cousin Eddie had, you know, dumped all the stuff from his sewer into the, uh, you know, into the sewer area there, uh, culvert. And the old man is smoking a cigar and throws it down, and it blows up. Santa Claus goes, you know, he's going through the air. Well, that's the way all the wood did. It went 20 feet in the air, and it rained down on all of us. And we're having to take burning wood and put it back together. That fire burned for at least eight hours. Uninhibited. Thank God we didn't burn the whole neighborhood down. But do you know that that that's what I'm saying here is the fact that, that when something is needing to be conquered, we can put 25 gallons of gas on it in the spirit, throw a match, and it'll blow that sucker, and we're more than conquerors. We're beyond the conquering. We're going into a place to where, you know, Trump said, you're going to get tired of the winning. Well, you're going to get tired of the winning. Because once we get our mind on Jesus and what he's doing, you're going to win. You're going to be able to do what Philippians 4.13 says. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Philippians 4.19 says, He supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter if I've been rich or I've been poor. It doesn't matter what is happening in my life. He will supply. He will supply. Say, He will supply. He will He's going to supply. I believe it. I believe it. I've seen it. I've lived it. Every single time God says, Hey, go do something, I go, I don't want to go do that, Lord. And He goes, Well, you don't want to win, do you? And I go, No, I want to win. He goes, Well, let's be more than conquerors. Let's blow it so far out of the water you don't even know where you began. Amen? Amen. Amen. You are more than your circumstances. You're more than your purpose. You're more than conquerors. You are loved. You are so loved. I hope you get that. To me, if you don't get anything other than I'm loved and I just think on I'm loved and I'm thinking on I'm loved, I don't, I mean, if you want to sit there and believe God for something else, I'm with you, but if you get that, then all the other things come with it. All the other things come with it. People quit renting space in your head. Your job quits renting space in your head. Your circumstances quit renting space in your head. You know what? In every single thing, love will conquer all. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over us and I'm going to pray over the food because we're having a fellowship today. Hot dogs, praise God. We're going to get down with some hot dogs. But if everybody will bow your head. Father, I just come to you right now in Christ Jesus' name. I pray that if you have a, that if you have things that are on our heart, Father, keep saying them till we hear them. Lord, I'm just praying right now in Jesus' name, whatever it is that is that is hindering people from hearing, I pray that it is gone right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you are just creating opportunities that each and every one of us has in order to be able to go further, to be able to be more than conquerors, to be able to go beyond the conquering and go beyond the victory so that we can also bring others into the victory. Father, I just pray over each and every one of us as we go through our week. I thank you, dear Lord, that we're because of the love of God, we're no longer going to allow people to rent space in our heads. We're no longer going to allow circumstances at work. No, no more are we going to allow our families and our friends and the people that are around us to bring condemnation, to bring hurt, to bring things because it's our problem. And we're going to love them with the love of God. And that you're going to take those problems and that you're going to take them as far as from the east is to the west. 
Father, I just pray over each and every one of us that you just give us our purpose and our meaning and that we go forth into our world and we conquer all. Father, I pray over this food that we're about to receive may nourish our bodies. We ask you to sanctify it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may go get a plate.